Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up woman. This podcast is brought to you by M&S Beauty. They've done the legwork so you don't have to. Prepare to be surprised. By the way, if you listen to this on a new app called Entail, E-N-T-A-L-E, you will be able to see pictures, shop links, and generally have a really relaxing magazine experience. Hi, I'm Emily, and I'm absolutely fine, but I just do not want to adult today. I just want to go into a darkened room and have someone bring me snacks. Is that okay? How are you, Annabelle? Hi, um, um, I'm absolutely fine, but I was driving here, and um, on the way, I pulled over to let somebody in, and they didn't say thank you, and it triggered me from a kind of unusually sunny mood into um, a more characteristic, cross, angry mood, um, because why are people so rude? And now I feel... Um, furious with myself for letting myself be triggered from uh, for, for allowing something to take the shine off my day something so small so I'm both, both angry and I feel pathetic so that's me say the name Natalie Lee and there may be a spark but say the words style me Sunday and there's furious recognition because style me Sunday is an insta influencer who blogs about fashion with feelings so she's never far from Instagram stories talking to her 50,000 followers about the ups and downs highs and lows of everyday life Nat is also a body confidence and diversity champion with her warrior woman project she spends quite a lot of time coaxing amazing women into their knickers with inspiring results and we don't normally talk about children on i'm absolutely fine but nat's eldest daughter has a rare genetic condition called brittle cornea syndrome and she and nat are ticking off a bucket list of activities while she still has her sight warrior women both of them so hi natalie thank you for coming how are you hello i'm absolutely fine but I struggle with nerves, although you wouldn't see it on the outside. Um, I present this image of calm, cool, calm and collected. But every time I do talks or podcasts like this, I feel extremely nervous, anxious, feelings of unworthiness. Um, So, yeah, that's me. And I think, you know, when you read out the bio, it all seems a bit surreal and... um, it sounds shiny, doesn't it? Yeah. But, you know, and then you kind of get that icky feeling, thinking, mm, is that really me? Yeah, they're talking about me. I know, we swim around in the icky feelings whilst constantly saying that we're absolutely fine. Mm. Yeah, I, I think unworthiness is a huge kind of thing for women, actually, that idea that... Because I, I think that we've been taught, maybe it's a Disney thing, you know, the princess thing, it's like you will be plucked from something. Maybe it's a working thing where we sit and we don't push ourselves forward and we sit and we go, um, okay, well, maybe they'll see my light um, rather than, you know, a, a kind of more male approach, which is, yeah, I can yeah. do this and this is what I'm doing. And this is my idea. And, you know, and it's hard because we feel like we have to be, that someone has to take it out of us or, or, to, or to kind of shine the spotlight on us rather than, rather than shine the spotlight ourselves because we're just not brought up that way. No, I think, well, I think self-confidence in women is not particularly encouraged or seen as a, a particularly attractive trait. That's even annoying just saying that attractive trait is annoying. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, so... Often women who are self-confident are seen as arrogant or big-headed and uh, it's not a valued trait in women, which... um, Yeah, and also the word ambitious. I mean, you know, Annabelle and I have written about this quite a lot, but that you say, oh, she's ambitious, that Mm. is just not a compliment. That is definitely (laughs) not a compliment. Because if you say that you're ambitious, then you know that your own ambition is tempered by compassion and it's nuanced and it's a wonderful thing. But if if women use it about other women, it's kind of, oh, watch out, ambitious is about. 
Yes. You know, and it's yes. like, oh, Maggie Thatcher's coming in the That's room That's basically now. saying she's a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Which is which is sort of it's incredibly it, depressing. I mean, I definitely feel like that the one of the biggest things that we can help women, other women, and and kind of you know the younger generations or whatever, is just not be afraid to go out and take it. Yes, just yeah. not sit in your tower waiting for someone to rescue you. Yeah, and and I mean that you know literally and metaphorically, mm. but just to be at to be but out also, there. But also, you know, it. language is a powerful thing. So Emily and I sometimes talk about replacing words. So we talked about maybe, I mean, I would probably say that you know rather than being ambitious that I'm kind of hungry for it, you know, apart from being always hungry. I'm always hungry, <laughs> and I said that. But also the words, the, like the word single is difficult because that's like two millennia of the kind of myth of the unplucked flower, that you're born single mm. and it's a predicament. And we're like, what if we didn't say we were single? What if we said we were independent? Yeah. You know, things, just yeah. things like that. Language, language around, around the female predicament. Yeah, like, but like speaking, of, speaking of, you know, the female predicament, um, everything starts with mothers, doesn't it? They're powerful, powerful. So it does. What was what was your mother's story, and um, and what was her relationship like with her face and her body and her physicality? Oh, good one. I mean, we've had our ups and our downs. Me and my mum. She she's been on a diet probably. Well, it feels like the whole of her life to me because obviously I've only known her as an adult. But um, ever since I can remember, she's been on a diet, every single type of diet has very very well I, I do remember her going up and down in weight but you know ultimately she's going to be a size 16 18 for the rest of her life so really and um, just she said she's going to have quite an unfun time but stay <laughs> yes. the same size um you know it's just it's so futile um that's quite that's a word that springs to mind and um that definitely did galvanized me into starting the warrior woman project i just saw how tedious and time consuming this obsession with weight was and did it infect your um view of yourself and your own body seeing your mother having that relationship with herself well i'm sure it did um it's difficult to analyze that objectively um i've always and when i was younger you know i was fairly lean and had quite a good figure um but then after i had children i noticed changes in my body that i really felt very uncomfortable with you know huge you know really big well what i would class as really big stretch marks on my stomach and things and i hated the image that looked back at me in the mirror um so that's when i sort of decided to change things i wasn't going to settle for just hating myself like our parents did because it's well it's a life sentence that yeah it's so awful that self-loathing isn't it, it you is. kind of, and I feel like one of the good things about getting older is that uh, weirdly just at the point where <laughs> where your body is letting you down on in myriad ways you actually feel or you, you kind of feel a little bit more fuck it. I mean, I certainly do. Well, I think you become grateful for the fact that it works. Well, for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm a little bit more interested in tying my own shoelaces and a little bit less interested in my skinny jeans doing up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's difficult, isn't it? It's yeah. very difficult to it get out difficult. of that mindset. You know, society, you know, makes us believe as women that our appearance is above all else and you know we have to aspire to be attractive and to be pretty and to be skinny the the image has been set by people that we have had no control over so it's the photographers or fashion men, men basically or you know magazines or yes. te or television directors film directors or whatever who have this is who have embodied the perfect woman and whether yeah. it's a sort of 
I don't know, a kind of, you know, French film star or a or a kind or I, I can't think off the top of my head, but you know that that femi feminine ideal, even paintings from you know millennia, and um, yeah, and we've had no control over it at all. So no wonder we just feel shit about ourselves. Yeah, and I feel like it's about time we grabbed the power back and started to own it and started to celebrate, you know, our bodies and and as you say, Annabelle, you know. The you things that they do rather than how they look. But it's interesting to talk about power because I remember, because I, you know, we've grown up with saying, you know, hold on to your power, hold on to your power. And I said to my therapist, what the fuck does that mean? What does it mean to hold on to your power? What does it? And she said, losing your power is when you do something in anticipation of reaction from somebody else. That's when you give your power away, whether it's, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, we've got to That's stop really thinking about, 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 about our bodies that being given meaning only by the reaction they can elicit yes. from other people. Actually, that's really funny. Um, I wrote a post recently about going out without a bra on, and I've got 34 double Ds. Not really that you need to know that, but <laughs> you, now you do. Delicious. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, I wrestled, it was a very hot day. I wrestled a lot with not- <laughs> Wrestled a lot with my breasts, <laughs> yes, frankly. We're trying to tie them down. No, I I was thinking, you know, I really need to bring something to cover myself up, just just in case they, you know, jiggle too much and, and warrant too much attention. Tension. And then I thought, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm actually, you know, make, basing this decision on the fear of men looking at me. And that was, once I realized that and, and acknowledged it, I felt so much better, better about myself. I was like, no, I'm gonna go out. They can look if they want to, who gives a fuck? But it's mm. on them not yeah. to kind of go nuts. That's the thing, because normally it feels like it's on us to kind of to, cover to up, up so that or, we don't yes. we don't elicit unwarranted attention that then will, you know, somehow cause us harm. It's like, yeah, exactly. what are you talking about? But that's what I thought, you know, I was, I was basing a decision on fear. And when you base any decisions on fear, they're, they're ultimately not very good for you. Mm. So um, I, I was just very pleased that I had actually acknowledged that because I think that that meant that I had had grown. I noticed you're not wearing a bra today. I'm not. <laughs> Looks fantastic. Does look fantastic. You so might see the thing? nipple, um, the <laughs> nipple things peeking out. At, uh, I've got nipple covers on. <laughs> But I know I'm really inspired. again so that men don't see my nipples and get too. God forbid. Yes, they might. Um, they get hysterical. They yes well. might get too turned on. Um, and so back to your mother. Did you what, yes. what was her sort of routine with, you know, the mirror and makeup and lipstick and hair? And did she, you know, did she pay attention to that? Did you learn at her knee about how to put on your nail varnish? What was that? My mother was is a very attractive woman. She was um, on the front cover of Mayfair. Um, I don't know if you remember that magazine, but it's, uh, I guess it's the English version of Playboy. Um, so she was, she had a lot of attention from men and she enjoyed the attention of men. Um, so yes, she was very into looking after herself. She wore nice clothes, she wore, um, you know, nice makeup and made an effort to look good. Um, and she, she obviously did a good job because, uh, she had lots of boyfriends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember as a kid, you know, just, just being there in the bathroom with her while she um, put on her mascara and just, you just 
soak it in, don't you? Yeah, I think and you do. It's osmosis. To, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 an affectionate sort of memory. Mm. Um, but do you I'm, remember what your early makeup sort of practices were when you were maybe fourteen or fifteen? What was oh the height gosh. of sophistication for you then? <laughs> oh gosh! List the disasters. Well, I mean, the major one was the kind of eyeliner well I don't know what 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 was it like a a dark brown lip liner which was probably eyebrow pencil um I've always been into lipstick lipsticks have always been a big thing in my life I'm not really sure where that's come from but um yeah I used to love that that dark lip liner and what went inside the black the brown lip liner it was it would have been a lighter it would have been like I remember bronze was quite a big thing this that. must have been early 90s. Yes. It feels like Spice Girly mm. kind of. Definitely Spice Girly inspired. Inspired, like Jerry yes. had always had their lips. Yes, she did. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, when I look back on those photos, it's it's definitely dated. It, that dates them quite well. And so, and where did you go? So if we talk about the kind of the many faces, where did you go from that? How did your face evolve from the brown lip liner onwards? Ooh. I mean, did you ever have, did you do like, you know, like one of those, you know, a cat eye or frosted yeah. lipstick or dodgy contouring? I definitely had frosted lipstick. Or plucked lipstick. eyebrows. I, yeah, I had plucked eyebrows. They, I over plucked my eyebrows. Um, I've always loved an eyeliner as well. Bold lipstick and eyeliner is a really classic combination, I think. And uh, I love a nice eyeliner. But you're always... It's always a struggle getting two to match, isn't it? That's the problem I face. What, a lipstick and eyeliner? No, the eyeliner, the two eyes looking the same (laughs) with eyeliner. (laughs) Yeah, I always struggle with that. So I end up doing it about 30 times before I'm happy with it. What, taking it off and putting it on (laughs) again? And then you get pink eye. Um, And uh, and what what about scent? Do you remember your first perfume? I remember, I had a, a love affair with Jupe. Is it Jupe? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember that one. Which was actually, if I'm, if I'm right in thinking, was actually for men. And I, my, I used to nick my friend's brother's aftershave, <laughs> and then that became. I, I then used to buy it myself, and uh, I, I fell in love with that for a long time. That's probably the most. Um, that was your signature for yes, years. Yes, I've always uh, wanted to be the the kind of girl who could put on their boyfriend's kind of shirt and jeans and and scent and then walk out looking kind of fabulous instead of looking like doing oh, well, the walk of shame. Yes, basically, like oh, nobody will notice. What do you wear now? What do I wear now? That's I uh, can't remember what one I've forgotten today, but you can smell me. Maybe you can. Maybe sniff. you can um, the sniff test. Annabelle Unless, is walking over oh to gosh. Natalie and sniffing her. Oh, okay, I know that one. Yes. Oh, Vera Wang. Oh, it's Vera Wang. It's quite traditional. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's quite traditional, that. What, is that surprising you? Yes. Ladylike, quite traditional. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is interesting. Oh, <laughs> I've never really thought that hard about perfume. Yeah, you see, I do. Do you? Mm, yeah, yeah. For you, it's lipstick, and for me, yeah, yeah. I just if I find one I like, you know, I I think I've would been like using this for years me? and years and years. Yes, I would. <laughs> okay, they're sniffing each other again. Oh, that's nice. Fig. It's the diptyque philosophus, so it's just I like fruit and flowers, so Ooh, fig really or lemon nice. or you know. I like that, but I the, I worry that it would be too sort of 
florally. I don't like sort of floral, but that's really actually quite nice. Isn't she it? has to say that, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she just nuzzles each other's necks. <laughs> we can't be rude now. We have to practice aftercare. <laughs> so, Annabelle, what have you got for us today? I'm glad you asked. I have a question for you. Have you ever used toner? Have you ever met me? Not even as a teenager. I think as a teenager, you're right, actually. I used some terrible, like, astringent... What was it called? Uh, well, we probably shouldn't say because it's still on sale, but it was basically nail varnish remover, and we all used the same one on our spotty noses, right? Exactly. And then I stopped because my skin started peeling off. Well, exactly. So toner now is not toner then. So where are we? We're in the autumn, veering towards winter. It's dark. It's freezing. There's going to be a beast from the east, inevitably. The heating's on full blast, so that's sucking the life out of our skin. I'm always hormonal, like round the clock, round the year. You know, 24, 7, 3, 6, 5 hormonal. So that's also happening. Shows on the face. And also, you know, we're older than we've ever been. We're younger than we'll ever be. Holy Christ. Anyway. This is a quick fix for skin. I'm about to tell you about Pixi Glow Tonic. There are a few of them out there. This one happens to be well-priced. It's 18 quid for a really big bottle, so it's going to last you for months. It's also rather a pretty bottle, sort of, sort of 50s pink and pistachio greens. That's always quite pleasing to have nice stuff hanging around, collecting dust. Um, and it's, so it, it, it sort of you know, matches you know, affordability with efficiency, so that's always quite feel-good in itself. Um, what it does is it cleans out your pores effectively. Now, this stuff is loaded with um, glycolic. So it's got an acid in it. Um, it's an alpha-hydroxy acid. So it's, it's an exfoliator. So rather than using anything with you know, horrible plastic beads in or any scrub that's going to irritate your skin or anything that's so active it's going to make you kind of you know, red, raw and itchy, then try a 5% glycolic and you actually end up, you think, it's, you think it won't be good for dry skin. It can be incredibly good for dry skin because it will sweep away all the dry patches because you have dry skin, don't you, Em? There is so much of what you're saying now that I just basically love. You want to cry? Do you want to yeah, cry a bit? I can't quite want to yeah, cry. Because, if you, because I would imagine, tell me if I'm speaking out of turn, that you have dry patches in your skin, so the last thing you would go to would be something, a toner with acids in yeah, it. Yeah, no, I still have memory, exactly. I would be too frightened. One of kind of doing it to myself, kind of alone in a, in a, in a bathroom, dark bathroom. Um, and also, exactly, the memories of kind of just having that astringent tingling and then going all red and thinking that your skin's going to look like that forever. Thing is, if you get the right astringent, it's anti-inflammatory. And that redness, which is very aging, is something that, you know, you, you want to combat around. I, I get it around my nose, around my chin. And a good active um, toner. And this is kind of entry level, this stuff, Pixie. I mean, a lot, if you've got sensitive skin, this is what skin, this is where you'll stay. But you can go, you know, in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of all those acids and AHAs, you can get incredibly active. And then you can go and have full-on facials and peels. And you can kind of go as far as you want. But um, what this does, what this also does, again, it's counterintuitive, is as it cleans your pores, it shrinks your pores. Okay, this is sounding like slightly magic stuff. Can I ask, idiot Claxon, mm -hmm. um, do you do it before or after cleansing? Oh, after cleansing, before moisturizing. Okay, so you cleanse, which yeah. I've only just got my head around. Yeah, yeah, you cleanse, maybe twice. I'm using a Dennis Gross Alpha Beta Cleanser, which has sorted out my skin like nothing has in years. It's like a miracle. 
um, foaming cleanser. For a while I used a balm, but that shit just gave me spots in the end. But again, if you've got very sensitive skin, maybe that would be the right one for you. Um, but these are perfectly exfoliating. So it's a, really, when you look at something that's got acid in it, it's a modern exfoliant. So the point of this stuff is to get rid of dead skin cells. Because if your skin is clogged up with dead skin cells, whatever moisturizer you put on over the top, it's just gonna sit there. It's not gonna go in, it's not gonna do anything. So you've got to properly clean your skin. And toner's part of that kind of cleaning journey. Um, because it also, in, in the cleansing, it oxygenates, which promotes skin health um, and vibrancy. And also this stuff contains nice sort of, you know, virtuous astringents like witch hazel um, that um, and, and horse chestnut and they, they boost blood flow and radiance and um, they just freshen everything up. Who doesn't want that? Can we have a look in your makeup bag? Of course. Yes. Like yes. just lay Actually, it out on yes. the table yes. and yes. tell us about your makeup bag because I think that's, is that Scamp and Dude? Dude. Yeah, that's my, uh, if, well... If I can open it. So um, one of the most important things to me is, uh, this is so dull and boring, but it is some... You're good about SPF. Yes, I'm very good about SPF. Every day? Every day, even in the winter. So this is Soleil. Oh, Superdrug, okay. Oh, it doesn't matter what one. I have no preference. Just shove it on. Just, just yeah. As long as it... What do you use on your skin before this? What do you what do you wash your face with and take your makeup off? So with? actually, I'm not you know I'm not a slave to any one product. I'll just use whatever. Mm. Doesn't doesn't really bother me. I don't buy into the fact that you know one moisturizer is particularly better than another one. Um, just shove it on. And do you I, do I you like cleanse and then just what whatever? I just wash my face in a shower. Right. That's it. And I use I actually one of my preferred ones is Dermalogica. I do yeah, like that's that nice a lot. Yeah, I do like that. But then with moisturizer, yeah, whatever's hanging around, yeah. So it's hard to buy into the fact that moisturizer actually does anything, isn't it? Other than making your skin sort Just of feel hydrates right. It. Yeah, yeah. I like a really you know kind of thick one. I like it. To, I like my skin to feel plumper afterwards. So I don't like these really thin ones that just. You can't feel any difference, yeah. Um, so let's start. We have a we have a Charlotte Tilbury Hollywood Flawless Filter. Okay, so what's the, sto what's yeah, the story? Yeah, so with this? that's a new one. So Sally this is a foundation. Uh, yes, it's a type of foundation, but you can use it as a sort of. It gives a dewy complexion, so I don't use it all of uh, all over my face. I use it on my cheeks mainly because you because I get an oily T zone. I wouldn't use it on the oily areas, and I love it. Mm. I love it. I love that kind of dewy complexion. Yeah, you mean you've got fantastic skin. I mean, is this what you've got on today? Actually, this is the By Terry Light Expert Click Brush. So when it comes to makeup, I'm really quite lazy with application, and that is a touche on steroids. Yeah. Do you know and what I've always so loved easy. about this? First of all, you just—it's just—it's basically a tube with a brush on it, like a like a sort of like a child's like paintbrush yeah. thing. Um, 
But the smell of the by Terry stuff. I've never smelled it. Can I ask? Here we go. This is a thing. Can I ask an idiot question? What is this obsession with smell? I'm asking the questions. Can I ask an idiot question? Is it is the is the the whatever in there? Yes. And then you, you click press it. the end. Uh, that like is a, an idiot question. Yeah. You press the end and okay. uh, and just, ask. Just like this. Yeah. But, I mean, but this is so, so easy. Is, okay. I mean, you can literally apply it in seconds. But in I mean, who has time to create a flawless canvas? And it's really quite. I like. Thin. I don't like it to be caked on, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, good choice. And then, okay, so mascara, because your lashes are looking very good. So that's what's a new one, actually. Avon. Is that Avon? Yeah. But I'm pleasantly surprised yeah, by the, their Yeah, your makeup. lashes are, ama- are beautiful. This is the first time I've used it, so. What, this morning? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very good. Yeah. So this is the Avon Mark uh, Big and Extreme, or Extreme and Big. I'm not sure, but... Um, Either one. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money on mascara. No. And there are Actually. some things that make sense. I mean, you're like the, the formulations of the Charlotte Tilbury stuff mm. and the By Terry stuff, but mascara, also mine always dries out or I get, or I, you know, I bugger up the seal or I leave it on the seat of the bus or I just, you know, I don't want to panic because I've lost a 35 quid mascara. No. And actually, some of my favourite mascaras are, have been the cheaper ones, like the Maybelline ones mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, so. the, I think the Max Factor 2000 calories mm. is very good. It's about Do you remember quid. when... <clears throat> when you could only buy the Maybelline, the green and pink one in mm. in America, and people every Love time anybody went one. to New York, be like, "What can, can I get anything in New York?" And everybody would be like, "Melatonin for sleep." <laughs> and uh, no, now it's now it's now it's Advil PM. <laughs> I've got people <laughs> transatlantically dealing me Advil PM. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind? Just pop into a Dwayne Reed. It's fine. There's, Here's 20 everywhere. quid. Yeah, exactly. Can you just get me? But before that, <laughs> it was melatonin and uh, and and that green and pink mm. mascara that I can't mm. remember the name of it. But mm. No, I anyway. used to, yeah, I used to use that a lot. Um, so you have your touche there? I have my touche Do you get bags? I do. do. I sleep better now. Now that the kids um, sleep through the night, I sleep a lot better. Um, I struggled with that. When, when I had my kids, I really did because I like... I used to, you know, like a good 11 hours sleep at night. <laughs> it's such a shock. It was such a shock. Didn't you used to be a midwife? I did. So that was that shift work? Yes. So you come shift home work. and just basically just go No, to I just bed. used to sleep all the time. Yeah, it was perfect. Obviously that happened. I was, I was a midwife before I was um, a mum. And uh, so I was a lot more dedicated to the job before I was a mum. But you know what? And when we're talking about women's bodies, I mean, if you you know, when you, if you've been a midwife, you've seen women at their most vulnerable, their bodies at their most powerful. I mean, it's I've never seen another woman give birth, but it's one of the biggest privileges of my life. I was never not blown away by the enormity of the job and 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 being allowed into somebody's most intimate yeah. and vulnerable and powerful time it was it was a real thing and you know sometimes i would have to fight back the tears the when the baby came you know it's just it's just amazing isn't it you know that one minute you've got a pregnant woman the next minute she's got a baby people yeah Yeah. but also it's just fascinating the way you feel about your body if there's ever a time when you are completely unself-conscious yeah. about how you look yeah. yes. or whether you're being dignified Ooh. or fragrant. I know. Or you, you just, I mean, that I'm, is absolutely, it's the one time it completely yeah, I think is not every part single, of your thinking. Like obstetrician in Queen Charlotte's has had his hands on my vagina. I, like <laughs> I used to walk in the room and look for the stirrups. <laughs> you do, but, but you know, a lot of women used to say to me, oh, you know, I've 
I've made sure I waxed before I've gone into labour. And I say, I used to say to them, you know what? As soon as I walk out of that room, I will have no idea whether you had pubes or you didn't have pubes. <laughs> it really didn't enter into my head. I was doing a job. I was looking for the baby. And, you know, whether you're waxed or not is really not in the utmost of my mind. So please, just, just relax. The midwife just looked relax. at you and went, I mean, you could have made an effort. <laughs> <laughs> like your mother. I mean, have you, yeah, exactly. Have, have you no pride? <laughs> okay, so now I'm picking up a Smashbox palette. Smashbox, oh. lovely LA brand, developed in a photographic studio in LA. Ah. Ooh, and it's a rainbow. It is. I thought I, I, thought I was going to get the usual topes with the odd bit of shimmer. Well, you know I'm going to a festival, so yes. I need all the colours. So this is an eyeshadow palette we'll show you, but it's called, well, quite rightly, it's called the uh, Bold Eye Palette, and it's got, I mean, it's got bright red, it's got bright yellow, it's got bright, I mean, it's got bright everything. What are you going to be doing with this? Well, I like the, uh, the kind of sunset, there's a sunset sort of thing you can do with your eyes, and uh, using the sort of oranges, the reds, and the yellows, and it just, it just looks really good. I like it. How and my Smashbox brush, but the Smashbox brush has telltale glitter on it. It does. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I try to spend the whole of my summer doing festivals, so you You're know, just rolling glitter. And basically, mud. yeah. I've just I've, I'm still finding glitter. You know, months later, glitter is, has slightly transformed my life recently. Annabelle gave me a Bobby Brown, so. Uh, like it's grown-up glitter not festival glitter not that that's not grown up sorry oh my god but every time i put it on i feel just a little bit more lighter. yeah swishy yeah and i like the way that glitter migrates i like the fact you can kiss someone there's a bit on them yes bit on the floor bit on your clothes yes. bit on your pillow it's like fairy dust there's nothing that isn't happy making about seeing you know bits of glitter everywhere mm -hmm. you know you yeah. kiss your you know you kiss a child and they've got glitter and it's not like you're leaving but i do cigarette <clears throat> ash on them i get very envious of all the instagram pictures of people at festivals with all the kind of the glitter on the face and thing. I think it one day I'm just, it does look so good. You one have day to I'm try gonna, it. Actually, will it. you send us a photograph of you at the festival and we're going to put this up Absolutely. on Entail so that people can see yeah. the many faces. So, okay, so now now we're moving on to um, the uh, the headline story, which is a lipstick. Um, yeah. And we've got MAC. Are these matte? Yeah, so um, as I said, you know, I'm a bit of a lazy makeup applier. And once I discovered the MAC retro matte lipsticks it's really difficult to anything no hardly anything else comes close because you apply it once and it lasts for the whole day oh god like i can eat in it i can if i was so lucky i could kiss in it <laughs> and um you know it just stays there i just love it and the colors obviously i like bold lipsticks as you can tell i've got a sort of i've got an orangey red combination of the oranges the orange and the red on today and uh, they come in the biggest boldest baddest colors mm. and i love that yeah i love a matte lipstick as well actually there's something about a traditional lipstick the creaminess of it that i find a bit newsreadery and a bit too traditional and i much prefer like a painted on mouth yeah yeah no i agree actually and they just don't last very long no. do they so what's the so. point? And I don't want to leave lipstick on, you know, unlike glitter, I don't want to leave lipstick on people's cheeks and on glasses. Yeah. Let's talk about your nails. Oh gosh. There's yes. a story there. What are they, are they acrylic? These are acrylic, yes. And um, 
How do yeah, you live they, your life? Well, with those? I don't clearly because <laughs> they just break all the time. Mm. It's just <laughs> sorry. You know why I'm laughing? I'm laughing at the idea of a midwife walking into the hospital room with those. Oh gosh! And, 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 <laughs> no. and running screaming for the hills. He Natalie's got very very long. What you, you mean? You don't want moment. me to give you a vaginal examination right now? <laughs> I mean, I will happily do it. <laughs> the nails will not get in the way. Let's I go, promise you. Give me a you. cervical sweep right now. <laughs> this is not going to hurt <laughs> for long. <laughs> Uh, I always feel with manicure, I, because I go to the get my feet done all the time and then I get coaxed into a manicure and I have it and then within a second it's chipped because either yeah. I'm typing or I'm washing up or, you know, fixing something, not a bike or anything. I don't want anyone to think that I'm a great DIY expert, but you know what I mean, just life generally. Then I'm also, just I don't just chip my nail varnish. Everyone goes, oh, just do shellac. Oh, just do shellac. I kind of rip my cuticles. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know, because I'm quite heavy handed and I'm always fucking around with something. Yeah. You know, as yeah. you say, like not fixing something or just lifting. You know, there's quite yeah. a lot of heavy lifting in my life, actually. <laughs> Um, and um, and I just tear my hands to shreds. Yeah. So I don't really well, draw yeah, attention that's to what's them. happened to me. I, and one of them actually broke really far down and you know I don't want to yeah. I don't want to give a sub story but it really There had. was blood. Oh, I'm yeah. just going to take them off because they're blimmin How are you going to take them off? Do you have to soak them in the acetone? Oh, I have to go to the I have to go to the nail shop and get them taken off unless they just rip when I get drunk at the weekend which was probably <laughs> highly likely. Probably certainly going to happen. Yes. And they just um do you have we talked about you know uh, you know anti-perfection really because I mean Emily and I both really think that perfection is for other people I don't know who but it doesn't seem like a very human or humane quality do you have a favorite imperfection about your body something that you know maybe bothered you as a younger woman but now you feel that it's really part of you and you love it yeah I was thinking about this earlier actually um as a kid I hated my nose hated it a lot I used to think that as soon as I grow up I was going to get plastic surgery. What did you hate me. about it? I hated that it was wider than my friends. I grew up in a predominantly white area. Um, I think there was one other black kid in my year. Um, and I, yeah, it's it was a sign of my blackness, I guess. And, um, and you're mixed race, aren't you? I'm mixed race, yeah. My mum's um, English-Irish and my dad's from the Caribbean, who's Trinidad, yeah. Um, so yeah, I hated that it was wide and flatter than other people's. Um, but it's just so bizarre. I, when I was thinking earlier, I haven't thought about my nose in a really long time. Aren't you glad we reminded you? I know, <laughs> I am. It just doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't even enter my head. And maybe that's because I'm much more comfortable with my blackness these days. You know, I now um, have afro hair I've let it grow natural was it straightened when you were younger? it was always really from about the age of seven really it was straightened because is that a how's that was that a chemical treatment yes yeah, yeah. and uh, I have alopecia um and that certainly didn't help my alopecia it's very very damaging to your hair um so yeah I and I think maybe because my mum was white, she struggled to deal with my hair. Um, so it was easier for her if it was straightened. And there is this kind of stigma attached to Afro hair that it's unmanageable and it's it's horrible, basically. So, um, yeah, I think so I've just So what do you grown... do to your hair now? What do you, I mean, do you just, do you, do you wash and go? Yeah. 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 Yeah, basically. I, I don't. I don't have to blow dry it anymore. Mm. Like, I wouldn't... I, 
I couldn't go swimming before because it would just, then it would take me like a couple of hours to blow dry it straight again. Mm. And it was just, oh, it's just a pain in the ass, basically. Um, so yeah, I've just, I guess the more you just learn to feel comfortable with yourself and, and grow into yourself, the your your thinking just changes, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it? why so. I look around and I see uh, and I see all these kids like Love Island and stuff. And they they're all having their noses done and their lips done, their teeth done, their tits done at you know in their teens. Yeah, and they haven't given themselves a chance mm. to accept who they no, are. No, exactly. And if I had done, and something, then they'll never know. They'll no, never know because no. it's just gone. It's gone. I would have probably done you know multiple things at the age of sixteen, and um, that now just don't bother yeah. me at all. Is there it a is. mantra that you live by? Is there any sort of code that you carry around with you? Um, like one of ours is, it takes a lot of therapy to be this shallow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about lipstick. I like, I like, I like um, an apple a day can keep anyone away if you throw it hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I thought you were going to say the other really boring one. <laughs> Um, I would say one one thing I say a lot to people is stay in your lane, and um, that is is especially significant on social media. As you know, a lot of my life is on social media. It's very easy to keep looking to your left and to your right at what other people are doing, compare yourself, and or or feel criticised by other people. And I'm just like. Just, just run your own race and just focus on you. You know, try and sift out all of the bullshit and yeah, and try not to compare yourself to everyone else. It's, I know it's easier said than done, but and and I have to constantly remind myself of that. But then I take myself back, and you know, you just think we haven't got the whole story, and I. It's just like things will come to me. I feel very privileged, you know. So. That's why I say stay in your lane. Just try not to focus on other people's shit. You know, you, you have no idea what's going on. Natalie Lee, thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Midult. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Blossom into the badass you forgot to be yesterday. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.